Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns by Harmon Brothers. In today's episode, some of our Harmon sisters start a conversation about inclusivity in the workplace. Successful businesses come in all different shapes, sizes, and animals. <laughs> On the Raising Unicorns podcast by Harmon Brothers, we share the video marketing gold that has helped companies of all shapes and sizes grow by hundreds of thousands to hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. So if you've got a business and you're ready to use video to scale it, this episode was crafted for you. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Raising Unicorns, and happy International Women's Day. So I thought it would be a pretty rad International Women's Day podcast topic to talk about. Being one of the only females, if not the only female in working spaces, and I just want to preface it before we even get started. This isn't like man shaming. This isn't about that, but best practices for engaging with women in workplaces because surprisingly, not all men know these things. And even some women don't overly know how to be the best allies with each other. So hopefully these are just tools and things to consider and we also recognized like our experiences aren't a holistic view of women's experiences in the workplace right like we can't speak for everyone we can only speak to what our yeah. experiences are on that note like my perspective definitely comes from car industry that's really male dominated and then just in school i feel like women are we're kind of the minorities in my major and stuff like that but tiff tell us a little bit about yours my background is actually from the los angeles television industry that was where i got my first job out of college and i i was there for about four years prior to that i was in a very male-dominated university program. And I feel like my whole life I've just been surrounded by men. I had five brothers, you know, and their friends were always at my house. I just feel like men were a huge influence on my life always. And even in advertising now today, it's definitely still male-dominated. Totally. And I think that is weirdly a thing between three I of us. I have think... three brothers. I was like, dang it, she like one-upped me, but you two-upped me. Because <laughs> you have five brothers. And Nikki, you have two. I've got two, two brothers. Yeah, we're all mm -hmm. the only girl in our family. Which well, is, well, I, actually, oh, I do have a sister, but she's 16 years younger than me. All right, Caitlin, tell us about yours. Um, Yeah, so three brothers. I went to the film program at BYU, which I'd say at the time was like 75% male. Working in advertising, I think I've often been the only like female on the team. And then sometimes there'd be other females around in like admin positions and stuff. And Tiffany was my first female coworker. Well, um, and when I first started, <laughs> Caitlin didn't come to the office like every day. I was, lived 40 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, she lived far away. She worked from home a lot. And so I remember the first week or two when I started at Harmon Brothers, it was just men there and me. <laughs> and I remember hearing about Caitlin and having this like wishful thought like, oh, there's another woman here. But like, <laughs> I hope I get to meet her sometime, you know? And so when she came in, it was like, oh. Yeah, we met on set actually. And I was like, oh, a girl, I hope she likes me. I hope we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the same thing. I was like, please, please, please. So I've been, I've been doing freelance, but then also a lot of working with Harmon Brothers and then another company before that in their video team for about 13 years. So in addition to being a creative director, as I mentioned, I'm a partner. I think there's nine of us, um, 10 maybe, and I'm the only female partner. I've had, I think, pretty positive experiences in this field, being commonly the only female or there being few females. I kind of joke that it's actually probably helped me because they're like, well, let's keep Caitlin around. She can give us the female perspective, you know? <laughs> Job security. <laughs> um, yeah, I never felt like my abilities were questioned because, oh, you're, you're a woman. And I, I've heard other people's horror stories where they've had that. I do think that I found it harder to find my voice in leadership. As a team member, it's felt totally fluid and, and fine. But I think as a leader, there's a little bit of a different dynamic. I don't know what it is, but just trying to find how to speak maybe more authoritatively, you know, mm -hmm. towards people when it's needed is, is a little harder for me. So I used to work in television where obviously that's, you know, all of Hollywood is very male dominated. 
And there were a few women in leadership in the companies that I worked for. But one thing I did notice about the women there were they were all extremely aggressive and unemotional. Are these your your bosses? Yeah. Okay. Interesting you say that. Sorry to interrupt, but I think there's a stigma of if, if it's a woman boss, don't be emotional. You're a woman, don't be emotional, but you're also a woman and you don't want to be walked over. I've been fighting those sorts of feelings in the leadership position because I don't want to be those things, but I can see why they're wanting to be those things because they're like compensating. It's a double-edged right? sword. Yeah. Because yeah, totally. yeah. I feel like they feel like in order to get ahead, they have to be unemotional. They have to be aggressive. They have to be a heavy hitter because emotions are so demonized in our patriarchal society. And seeing that as my examples, my role models, I felt like that's how I had to be. I couldn't be emotional for years and years. I completely shut down my emotions. And it got to the point where like, I couldn't even cry. I didn't even know how to cry. It's something that I've had to unravel. I think I've been working on it for about three years now when I finally started to realize where this is all coming from, right? And realizing that no emotions are a good thing. That's how we connect with intuition. And that's how we have empathy and all these things. And I'm realizing like how wonderful having that emotional sensitivity actually is and how useful it actually Absolutely. is. Why are we demonizing this? When, when you're trying to be something you're not, I think there's some internal frustration. And I think that's more what I've been battling. It's not people saying, hey, you don't be emotional. It's not my coworkers or the other partners that are like inflicting anything, but it's my idea of what I think outside expectations are or what I should be or shouldn't be. And then trying to fit into that and realizing that's not me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like so much drama in Well, and that it's okay to be you. It's okay to be your emotional self if that is who you are. Yeah. And that's, that's something I'm still working on is just giving myself permission to show emotion because that's something I I really struggle with. And it's interesting because they say like, obviously there's a huge gap in women in leadership. It's slowly getting better, but the gap's still not anywhere close to being closed. And I think a big part of it could potentially be because I know there's a lot of theories out there as to why that is. And some people have said, well, there's no mentorship for women in leadership. There's no golden examples for them to aspire to or to follow. And I definitely seen that to be true for me. Because the women I have seen, like I mentioned before, are not women I aspire to. I don't want to be that way. I had one female boss, and I remember she came in on a Monday and she told me, I was here all weekend with 103 degree fever, throwing up every five minutes, and that is what I expect from everybody. That kind of dedication. And I was like, I never want to be like that. I never want to have that expectation. And this was obviously pre-COVID. I don't think she'd get away with saying something like that today. But, you know, we need mentors. Mm -hmm. We need people to look up to. A lot of men see a single woman in leadership. Like, I know my dad is guilty of this. Sorry, dad, if you listen to this. But the CEO of his company, Northrop Grumman, is a woman. She's really cool. I've seen her speak. And she definitely is one of those women I would uh, aspire to. But he sees that and thinks, oh, the problem's fixed. There's women in leadership. And because there's one woman, that must mean there's enough women in in Mm -hmm. leadership, right? Like a lot of men just they're blind to the issue that's still ongoing. I find optimism, though, in I get it. We're not like that much different in age. I just want to preface to the viewers. Okay, it's not like I'm here with like 50 year old women next to me and I'm 27. But I already 
feel a hopeful shift. I don't know if it's the HB atmosphere or whatever, but the fact that I've got you, Caitlin, and Tiff that are so open to talking about this stuff, it feels like a lot, Caitlin, that like you're going through as a leader, like what do you want to be and finding your authoritative voice and stuff like that. But to me, you're already recognizing the stereotype, fighting against it and thinking about the best way that you can go about it to be the best version of yourself as well as a mentor for somebody else. In every experience, even if it's negative, my dad always says, it's a learning thing. If anything, you're just making a list of no's, right? You made a list of no's and you're like, I am not going to be this workaholic. I'm not going to hide my emotions because there's power in that and it sets me apart and it's it's your passion. Like there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. I think that's such a power drive that women have when we can harness that and it's not looked down upon. Just the fact that like we get to have this conversation and HB is letting us talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. It feels very mm-hmm. exciting for me as a growing professional. And like you said, this obviously does not solve everything and like everything's not perfect yet, but we're doing the fight and we're doing the work to get there. And it makes me optimistic that hopefully we'll start to bridge that gap. We're going to do everything that we can to help in that process. We even had an intern here. Her name was Paisley and she wanted to be in like VFX. And I was like, you baller chick. Like you're like 17 and you're like, yeah, I want to go do this. And she just like would listen to all of our guys in like in our VFX team. And they're the sweetest guys ever, our VFX guys. Yeah, Yeah, guys are not the enemy. Like it's it's not having the opportunities to hear experiences and grow empathy. I think that's really the the hurdle, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love all the men at HB. They're awesome. I call them my Harmon brothers. Yeah. (laughs) Like when I leave when I leave from the day, I say bye Harmon brothers. And then when the girls have started coming, then I've been like, bye Harmon brothers and sisters so <laughs> this is the Harmon sister episode today it is of the podcast. you're even wearing the sweatshirt I am I think the biggest part that I've noticed that like makes the biggest difference for me like having male co-workers or male leaders is willingness to have conversations and open-mindedness Ryan is one of our creative directors here he's a writer he's really involved in a lot of HB stuff and I had something that kind of happened in a political sense and it really waved heavy on me and he's just like hey like I don't know if I believe the same things that you do but like I'm a safe space like if you need to talk to somebody I'm here Bryson is always talking about like starting conversations and learning new vocabulary or experiences and that's make or break okay they might not align with you or might not agree with something at work or whatever but just like the willingness to listen or be totally politely called out like men that are just like if you go up to a guy and you're like I just want to let you know like what you said I wasn't totally a fan of like as a woman or as my experience gave to like whatever and they're like hey I'm sorry I didn't know I'm going to change it seeing that action take place is all that this really takes we just need men to be open to widening perspective seeing our journeys and acknowledging from what they are and I think HB does it really well I think we've got a really good group of guys and females like I don't feel any of the females trying to get at each other like this isn't some female competition because you know in media women are pitted against each other I feel like we totally dispel that myth and then all of the men have just totally been like ralliers and like hey I I, like wrote a script two of the guys on the team were like hey I'll read it and I'll critique it and like whatever and that's just a really cool energy to be around well yeah it it, it feels like being one of the guys and and maybe that sounds weird because you don't have to be a guy to fit in I don't feel like they look at me any different totally. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I even once said kind of like a joke in passing in the, at a meeting that maybe was a little passive aggressive because I was like <laughs> hey what about me don't forget me the girl kind yeah. of thing after like the person who noticed it was like do you feel like there is sexism with this particular decision because I want to make sure we address it if you know and and I was really grateful for that and I was like oh no I'm sorry I shouldn't have phrased it that way <laughs> like I think I was trying to dispel like whatever was yeah. going on inside me it, it was eye-opening to be like wow like they really do take what I say seriously you know so yeah and that's shouldn't joke about this (laughs) (laughs) i'm 
definitely guilty about joking about yeah. sexism in the workplace or harassment in the workplace. I made like <laughs> jokes about it. And I've realized the men take it very seriously. Here. Yeah. Like I've had the same exact no. experience, Caitlin, where they'll turn and be like, what? You really think that? You really yeah. think what I said was that? I'm like, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I worked for a baseball team in Chicago, one of the major leagues. We'll let you guys guess at which one. It was extremely male dominated. And if I couldn't talk sports to like the nth degree of like detail. I was just somebody that hung out on the sidelines, no matter how much I would try to like talk to somebody, they'd finish the conversation and like never address me again. Or I had the one guy that was very sweet, still just like he would, (laughs) he'd be like, hey, good game. And instead of fist bump or like high five, he just clearly did not. And it came from a good place because he did not want to make me uncomfortable and he didn't want to cross any lines, but he gave me like a weird side hug. And I was like, okay, but we could be like normal about it. Like (laughs) I can have a high five too. Too. Yeah, it's fine. That's the humorous part because he, he really came from a good place. You know, he just didn't want to make me uncomfortable or whatever. But he just obviously hadn't had enough sp- exposure to women totally. in the workplace to know how to act. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the problems that we struggle with that we put on men are unconscious. They're doing them unconsciously just because of lack of awareness yeah. and lack of knowledge, honestly, on how to deal with something like that. Yeah. And I think the Me Too movement, I like it because it's made, I feel, at least in the work experiences and atmospheres that I've had, more aware almost. But almost like too afraid to even talk or like, I don't know, some men I feel like could be like, I do not want to come off as the creepy. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to whatever. And you're doing the right thing because you're obviously it's coming from a good place, but that's also not effective. You know, there's not going to be that good communication, good brainstorming, good creative energy that's going to happen if you're having that. So I think the biggest takeaway is just like open communication. And we talked about it between the three of us, like being called, hey, girl. And before we started this podcast, Tiff was like, yeah, girls can say, hey, girl to me, but. I do not want that from like a guy coworker, which is super fair. And I said it to one of our coworkers, Jake, and he's like, I think, I think I've called you like, hey girl. And that's fine. Cause if it made me uncomfortable, I would have addressed it to you. And the fact that you came up and asked, like, that's perfectly fine. You can do that guys. Like you can ask us like how to interact. Like we aren't going to shame you or out you or something like we're here to open that line of communication of how we want to interact and stuff. I think that's big too. In that car industry, like I said, there was a lot of older men and I had that professional experience right out of college. So I already had this air of being young. And every time they would talk to me, to be like, hey, girl, or hey, girls, it was never like, hey, team, hey, video squad, hey, whatever. It was always girls. And we would address them and be like, hey, like, please don't call us. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean it in a bad way. Like, you know, you're young and like, whatever. I'm like, even if it's not coming from a place where you're talking about looks, attractiveness, youth, it comes from that place. Society and like language matters. It's not making me feel valued. Like I went to school, I studied my butt off for this stuff that you sounds guys could so even big be Nikki and insert first name here yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that was like the hardest thing because we would joke about it because that was about as far as our communication could go about it but they would never make the active change or if they made the mistake again of like hey girls it was never like I'm so sorry what's up team like I don't need a formal thing I don't need Miss Maselli I don't need you know what I'm saying like language matters it does so that was like the biggest thing also I would submit ideas or whatever and it felt like they wouldn't hear it until one of the older guys who was like hey I think Nikki he's on to something we should do this and they're like oh yeah that's a good idea and I was like all right is this because I'm new out of college is it because I'm a girl like where are we like what's what's this deal what you said about trying to get your ideas across that definitely resonated I remember I had an experience in the workplace once where I was at a meeting with some leadership people in the company I was working for and I felt like at that meeting I had spoken 80% of the time I feel like I answered every question I felt like if I could have over talked I did (laughs) (laughs) which is rare for me because I'm like a total introvert, right? But after the meeting, I remember one of the leaders came up to me and just said, 
I don't feel like we gave you or the women enough opportunity to speak at that meeting. I thought he was joking. I was like, we're basically all who spoke. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was absolutely in shock. And like, I appreciated the sentiment that Mm -hmm. like he wants to include more women. And that's why I'm like, this is totally unconscious as his Mm -hmm. part, but he completely tuned out everything that I just said. And I feel like that's pretty common for a lot of women. Like their ideas, their voices aren't heard in the same way that men are. Yeah. And um, I did read a statistic that women get interrupted. Also, you talked about interruptions mm-hmm. 50% of the time in meetings on average. And I, I can't remember what study this is, but they also 38% have experienced men taking credit for their ideas. Mm, I fall on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then women are 33% more likely to be interrupted in just regular conversation as oh, well. Interesting. It's like that. It's an unconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's just bringing awareness to this. Totally. That's all that this is. Because that's like, the I'm first not, step, right? I don't Instead even of being like, yeah. I need to recognize this. I don't even just, blame the guy who told me like, yeah. oh, there's oh, no like, ledger, ledger of like, keeping score. No, or yeah. no, it's just like making them aware because mm-hmm. they're not doing it maliciously. Most totally. of them are not yeah. doing it yeah. maliciously, right? So we all work in advertising now. Yeah. And women constitute 85% of purchasers of any product. And they typically influence men when they make a purchase, if they're in a, you know, couple's sort of relationship. And so how important should it be to have women in advertising when we're making ads to try to get women to buy? Important. (laughs) (laughs) They should have a say in every single commercial that we produce because it's very likely that a woman is going to be the one to make the decision to purchase that product that you are advertising. Yeah. One of the things I thought we could like talk about is like female perspective should inherently be on like your team, even if it isn't like look into it. We're not saying that you have to have like equal part women to men on a team, but make sure that you have that perspective. Women are right most of the time. That's sarcasm. But women aren't right all the time. But it's important to at least have that conversation and like make sure that their thoughts and feelings are noted because that's perspective on anything. You, you're trying to reach out to as many people as you can and gain as many different perspectives because I think that's going to bring you the most success, especially in advertising where it kind of feels like a gamble because you never know how things are going to play out in audiences and like you try to predict that stuff as much as you can but getting as many perspectives and thoughts on our creatives and our brain trust and stuff I feel like that is going to bring success and having a woman on your team could just bring something to your attention that totally could have slipped your mind so we're not saying to totally revamp all of your teams to be equal women or majority women or anything like that but just making sure that the perspective is there you're acknowledging it you're questioning it engaging with what they have to say challenging them I've heard like Shane, our now mm-hmm. CEO, and also Daniel Harmon and you know, Johnny, James, like I've heard all of them talk about their wife's perspectives mm-hmm. on products. Mm-hmm. Like they've been really good examples of I'm not the target demographic, so I'm going to mm-hmm. really pick the brain of someone who is, you mm-hmm. know, like I've heard them always say like, oh, well, Ali said or, you know. Yeah, and they take it very seriously. They, they do. do. They appreciate they do. it. Yeah, so that's cool. Like, you know, it can even just be perspectives from people, you know, women that you know, you can bring their perspective to your work. Well, and I think totally. it, it transcends advertising. It's any business. Because mm-hmm. what, what is the purpose of a business? To make a product, typically, right? Yeah. Who are products for? The people. Women. <laughs> <laughs> there are relatively very few products for men compared mm-hmm. to what women are going to buy. Mm-hmm. Because women just tend to be the purchasers for the home as a whole. I'm not saying that's how it should be. I'm just saying that that's how statistically it, and how statistically it's gone, yeah. ends up. So every business that is making a product that a woman is going to buy, which is most businesses, should have a female perspective on the products that they're making 
for women. They should but. understand <laughs> what their customers mm-hmm. are wanting out of the product and how to sell it to them. Right, right. right. And going back to advertising, sorry, I bring in all these statistics, but I, I read up it. on all these before <laughs> these, this discussion. <laughs> I wanted to be prepared. But, Lay them on us. But, Tell you me. know, even go back to advertising, I think I said like 85% of women are making the purchases, you know, based on these ads that they're seeing. But 91% of women have actually said that the ads they're getting served are missing the mark. Wow. And so that's that was Imagine how much more effective they would be. Yeah, like <laughs> think of like, and, and they actually said, did a study too, that the profit margin of a company that has a diverse male-female perspective is statistically 30% higher than one who doesn't. Wow. So that's huge. So a female perspective, I think, is extremely, extremely significant. I feel like I heard in like elementary school, like we read a book or something, and it was when Abraham Lincoln was like running for president, and they were like, tell your wives, tell your mothers, tell them to tell your husbands to vote for Lincoln. And they all loved him because he had a beard or something, and they thought he was cute. And But anyway, women were like, hey, husband, vote for Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I definitely want to talk about for this International Women's Day, because one of the unique experiences that women get to have if one is privileged or lucky enough or is searching for it in their life is motherhood. It's still evolving, motherhood and the workplace and all of that, because especially with COVID, I feel like a lot of moms kind of took the hit. Moms are the ones that you know took the step back from their job. I feel like we're constantly in this flux of redefining what it is, doing stereotypes, dads going to PTO meetings instead of moms. Like It's a constant thing. So I wanted to make sure that Caitlin, Tiff, if you have any mothering things as well, myself, I only own a dog and that does not apply here. Also, you guys let me bring her in when I need to. So. Yeah. <laughs> bring your um, dog to work day. Bring your dog to work on the long days. I brought my son, he's almost five, to work one Saturday when I had to come in just for an hour and I was like, this is hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad it's not a weekday right now. <laughs> so I have two boys, almost five and two and one, like, I define myself as a mom, but I also define myself as like a working professional and mm. I can't imagine my life without one of those totally. and luckily I didn't think too much about what other people would think as I made that decision because you know we're in a pretty conservative area where most of the time women are getting married and staying home right yeah. which I respect any decision I don't Absolutely. think there's a right or wrong there right so mine's kind of different from the norm as far as my family members and stuff so my husband is stay at home dad and it's been interesting I feel like I've had to learn. I try to be agreeable, but I have to stand up for myself a little bit more Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, I think just women in the workplace with like raises or, you know, different things. It's interesting, like filling that role too, because you're like, I just want to be agreeable, but I want to make sure the time away from my family, I'm, you know. And that's one of the arguments they had for a long time of like why men get more of a salary and stuff. It's like, oh, they're providing for the home, like whatever. Okay. Some women do that for their home. A lot of times too, when women are working, there's still this cultural expectation for them to go home and still take care of everything. Mm -hmm take care of the house, take care of the groceries, pick up the kids from school, all these different things. And so more and more women experience burnout than men. And then that affects their career because all of a sudden, you know, they're so burned out. They're like, oh, I can't take on a leadership position hypothetically, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm too burned out. My life is too crazy. My life is too chaotic. Whereas in, you know, a lot of the expectation for men is not the same. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you work and that is your role. Everything else the woman's going to handle at home. Well, yeah. I got a shout out to my husband, Daniel, because he gets our kid ready for school. He wakes up before I do, gets him, you know, like yeah. I have not gotten my kid ready for school one day. Like, and this is his second year of preschool. <laughs> like, 
and he mostly like makes all the dinners and stuff. So I think for me, the challenge has been like connecting with other moms, you know, mm. because they're always like, oh yeah, like kid life, you know, or like, oh, it's so busy doing the grocery shopping or or, or whatever. And I can't necessarily like relate that way. <laughs> so I definitely can relate to like working mothers more. But I mean, I'm not going to meet someone and be like, oh, you're not a working mother. We can't be friends. Absolutely. It's not yeah. like that. Yeah. There's just like, it's just this different, mm-hmm. you know, place you're coming from. So I think the guilt is kind of real in that way that sometimes I'm not with my family, especially if I'm doing things after work where my husband has to watch my kids even more. Yeah. But I need it. Like I'm a very social person or like, you know, I have a lot of family around. So like I went to my cousin's wedding and my husband stayed home with my kids and they were like, oh, wow, night out without the kids. Nice. <laughs> and like in my heart, I'm like hurting because I'm like, oh, no, I've been gone all day at work and now my husband's watching my kids longer so I can be here. So I think there's kind of some guilt that way. It's helpful for me to like talk to my husband about it to kind of get his perspective and yeah. kind of check me in, in that. Totally. You know? I'm trying as my kids are getting older to just like turn off work when I get home mm-hmm. or like if I'm working from home, I'm in a different room than them. Totally. And then we've also established like a good nighttime routine. There were times where I would go home and like the only thing I could do is put them to bed because I was working pretty late. And yeah. so we have a really fun nighttime routine now. They Love know that. what to expect. The lotion is after the toothbrushing. You know? <laughs> and then it's the books. Yeah. <laughs> I like having them come visit work. I think that's a lot of yeah. fun. And I don't expect that I'll get anything done at that time. It's just like 15 minutes to like sit with them or my husband will bring us lunch or something. And yeah, yeah and it's also a lot of fun. the takeaway that I'm excited that your boys are going to get is just absolutely destroying any stereotype <laughs> or like yeah. just that any relationship and any family is like the partnership and communication that you make it to be and hearing and wanting a wife that works or loving a wife that wants those things. Like, I don't know. I think it's an awesome perspective that they're going to see firsthand of you just kicking butt, taking names. Hey, thanks. (laughs) It's it's so important because we culturally need to get rid of the supposed to attitude Mm -hmm. that women are supposed to do one thing, men are supposed to do something different. You know, we need to look at everyone as a whole and just say like, hey, we're all human beings. We all are capable of pretty much the same things. Now we just need to respect each other's decisions for them personally rather than make those judgments. It's hard because it's so culturally ingrained, especially here in Utah, like you you mentioned, Caitlin. Well, it's so ingrained that like when I'm leaving to work and my my boy's like don't go like mm. I feel so bad you know he's like five like you stay home today you don't work today and I'm like okay I have two more days of work and then it's the weekend you know <laughs> because I think oh a good mom should spend time with their kids right but I have to remember like oh but I also a good parent should provide for them and give them buy them new shoes when they need shoes mm-hmm. and like buy them food and like those are kind of the things I'm providing so I have to remember like at times where I feel like I'm lacking with that even my time away from them is still like serving a purpose right a lot of families don't have the luxury these days you know just across america of having a stay-at-home parent yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah. they just can't afford to so right now it's kind of the expectation at least in other states for both parents to work but kind of like what i said before there's still a lot of pressure put on the woman to still do all those like nurturing type activities and household activities yeah. so it's very unequal in the home about how many chores women do versus men. So I feel like everything kind of starts in the home. You know, if we're going to make changes in the workplace, we need to make changes in the home first. And then it will kind of trickle out into the workplace, which then will trickle out into politics mm-hmm. because women will see like, no, we can be in empowered leadership roles. I'm going to go run for Congress. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm going to... Leslie, nope. Run yeah. that Parks and Rec <laughs> Department. Yeah, I'm going to feel empowered and confident that I can do yeah. this. And then voters are going to think, oh, I can vote for women because I'm used to being surrounded by women. I'm used to seeing women in leadership 
leadership making good decisions. Totally. Like everything is connected. While it's empowering to show kids that women work, I also don't want to glorify work as being like more important be- than them. Yeah, the be yeah. all end all or like this is such a good thing and you should be a workaholic. Like that woman like, you worked for like I've got 103 fever and I'm puking and I'm coming into work and everybody needs to be my level. Like yeah, that's like, not I don't, a healthy thing. Yeah, I don't want to reinforce that. I don't want to reinforce that like yeah, overworking is a good thing yeah. or feeling stressed all the time is a good thing. I want to show that balance is what's healthy. Right. Totally. I'm trying to learn that balance because I used to be that like I will get this done no matter what happens. Yeah. And after like 10 years of that, gosh. Like, <laughs> your body lets you know. Your body yes. is like ding, ding, ding. I used to be able You've to work too all much. night and then just need like a day to recover. Yeah. But like I worked for one project like Sunday all through the night fell asleep Monday morning at like 7 a.m. And like, I didn't recover until Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, that was my whole week. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it anymore. I just want to say thank you to Caitlin and Tiff for joining me on this crazy wild ride for International Women's Day. I'm so excited to celebrate it in this way and to be talking about our experiences and hopefully giving some tips. Like we said, I just feel like I have to put this asterisk out there. This isn't like us bashing on men. Like, this is truly giving the tools to be the best allies with any kind of coworker that you have, male, female, anything. And just to wrap it up, we kind of want to touch on the big points that we kind of had. One is that there's no right amount of women that should be at your work or in your program, but they should be proportionately and thoughtfully represented to whatever your work and program looks like. Just aim for well-roundedness in whatever you do. Another thing is a female's voice should be considered and noted. Women are not always right, but just having them physically isn't enough. Asking if there should have been more of a female presence in a meeting or something is the first step, but we need, you know, the next steps. We need to continue to make that next step to truly make change happen in these parts to get women in leadership positions to get them the mentors that they need you know i started here as a video editor and then directed some campaigns have created directed some campaigns and now a partner the environment that was made here and provided for me made it feel i hate saying the word safe space but like i felt like I was listened to mm-hmm. and my contributions were seen and acknowledged and you were authentically was yourself too. I, yes yes yeah. I was able to just be myself and was able to thrive yeah. in, in that environment I'm really grateful that that's the type of environment that was founded here at Harmon Brothers yeah. so that and it was all men <laughs> yeah so. so that I could it wasn't despite me being a woman I yeah. was able to rise in the ranks it's Absolutely. just they saw skill and talent and opportunities yeah. and said here you go and cultivating something for that for the listeners taking that home cultivating a space like that changes everything for it's awesome all yeah. kinds of workers when i was a kid yeah. i wouldn't have thought oh i'm gonna be 33 and working you know and like be a boss i'm like what hb is awesome i just want to say like make sure too that you also don't just have your token woman mm. in the office it's like yeah numbers don't matter necessarily but if you're just if you just have one woman maybe think again because <laughs> i know a lot of she needs a friend yeah <laughs> i mean a lot of a lot of companies like a lot of men in general just see a few women but see them as many more than there are Mm -hmm. and we do this in media all the time like I actually recently thought about the show The Office and I was like oh yeah it's pretty balanced male female and then I counted and there is less than half female characters than there are male characters and all of them are white Yep. Except for Mindy. I mean, that's yeah. another issue, right? It was just like very eye-opening if you actually start counting the proportion of men to women in workplace comedies or shows in general. There's way less than you think in your head that there are. And I feel like the same transcends into the real life workplace. Women want to work hard too. Not only your token female, have it be well represented, but like challenge them. We want to be challenged and held accountable and achieve great things. It's not just 
a placeholder. Just challenge us and take us along for the ride. Language matters. It's think about how you interact with women in the workplace. Are you giving them space to thrive, contribute, exist authentically, and using language with respect at the forefront? And if you're unsure, just ask because we're definitely open to talking yeah, about it. Just ask Nikki. Or... You can email her at <laughs> N-I-K-K-I <laughs> at HarmanBrothers.com. I'll let you know. <laughs> I think she needs an Ask Nikki email. <laughs> yeah, she yes. does. Um, or just be like, hey, was that okay? Boom. It opens the floodgate for conversation and making sure the environment is safe. And then care about your working mamas out there. It's been a great experience to be a mother and to work. And sometimes those feel like they conflict. Mm -hmm. And so have compassion on yourself if you have a partner. You know, I lean on my partner a lot. (laughs) That's what they're for. Yeah. Partner. (laughs) 50-50. Yeah. And the biggest takeaway for me is just like women are just like this crazy united force and we are just builder uppers of each other. And it's such an exciting thing to be around. So I'm excited to be here. And out. Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver, and now we're offering a 20-minute video that helps you strategize your best profit-pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.